This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Live commentary. Intercepted by Dwight Dwight Gale. Running forward now. Takes a shot from the edge of the area. Great shot. Great save. Told you we could hit him, Ben. She mentioned to me earlier about the speed of his shot. And uh, the shot from Dobby goes high and wide, but that shot from Dwight Gale really did trouble the goalkeeper. Live interviews. To be fair, we, we were scratching around trying to find somewhere else to go, and there was a cafe open, so we just thought, I thought that we'll go in and have a cafe, like a breakfast, you know, there's people walking to work, and we're just saw someone in our dancing gear and whatnot, but it was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny to be fair. We all sat there having eggs, eggs benedict and chips and a cup of tea. There was no alcohol drunk, that was the stupid thing, you know, talking about us celebrating, we're all having cups of tea. Expert analysis. It's a, it's a free kicks palace on the edge of the box, it was a trialist orange boots who, who was tripped on the edge of the box. Um, <laughs> trialist orange boots? Yeah, we're going to call him trialist orange like, trialist is his first name and orange boots is like a double-barreled surname. Sam's Dutch. Well, most of the time anyway. Homestale Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Homestale Radio. I am Chris Ambling, and I'll be your host for the evening as we look ahead to a return to the Premier League for our beloved Eagles. Joining me for the show tonight are Ben. Hey, Ben. Joe. Hiya. And the legendary Portuguese Mark Ross. Boa tarde. Tonight we'll be joined for a quick chat by Palace Chairman Steve Parrish. We'll take a look at the recent pre-season games. We'll talk about the opening day fixture with our new friends, the Fighting Cock Podcast. Uh, We'll take a look at the current transfer situation and as ever, we'll work our way through as much of your communication as possible. To contact the show today, you can send us a tweet to at HOL Radio. You can message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Email us on radio at homestale.net or you can give us a call on our brand new phone number 0208 1234098. We'll be talking live to Steve Parrish in just a moment, but first up, it's News in Brief. around Selhurst Park, this is News in Brief. Palace Academy starlet Ryan Ennis has agreed to join Cheltenham on a one-month loan. The young centre-back, who featured throughout the Palace development games last season, will link up with the League Two side at the start of the upcoming season in the hope to add some first-team games under his belt. Uh, the Robins manager Mark Yates spoke of his delight at sealing the youngster on loan, stating he's been on our radar for six months now and he really wants to play. We're delighted we managed to get him. Palace completed their pre-season schedule of fixtures yesterday with a visit from Italian Cup winners Lazio to Sellers Park. 
The Eagles suffered a 1-0 defeat to their namesakes thanks to an early goal from Miroslav Klosa, who pounced on a rebounded save from Julian Speroni. The match wraps up a busy week for the Eagles senior squad, having also completed a 4-1 win against Dulwich Hamlet last Tuesday and a 2-0 victory over League of Ireland side Waterford United. Meanwhile, a Palace 11 took on Craig Wanderers last Wednesday night at Hayes Lane. The young side, led by Academy manager Ben Smith, ran out 3-0 winners despite a safe penalty with goals from Jake Gray, Elliot List and Reese Alassani. A pair of new Palace signings have been announced recently with French midfielder Elliot Grandin and former Arsenal striker Marouane Chamac both signing for Palace on one-year deals. Winger Grandin, who spent last season on loan at Nice, is well known to manager Ian Holloway, having managed him for several years at Blackpool. Speaking to the official site, Elliot said, I'm very excited, I had a very good year in the Premier League with the gaffer, so I'm excited to start the new season. Striker Shamak was confirmed by Holloway after the Lazio match yesterday, although no official word has come from the club as of yet. The draw for the second round of the League Cup has been made, with Palace facing an away trip to League One side Bristol City. Palace will look to improve on their last visit to the West Country almost a year ago, a 4-1 defeat, as the Eagles and the Robins start life in their respective new divisions. And finally, tickets for Palace's first Premier League away day are now on sale as the Eagles head to the Britannia Stadium to take on Mark Hughes' Stoke team on the Saturday, the 24th of August. With the added benefit of the match not being on a rainy Tuesday night, a good crowd is expected from the Palace support, with sales going strong already. Tickets on sale now cost a £25 for adults and £19 for senior and concessions. In brave, brave, brave. Well, I think we're back now, uh, back live on air. Um, if anyone can actually tell me, that'd be great. But because um, we've got our volumes right down. But um, well, first of all, hi Steve. Thanks for joining us once more. Hi guys, how are you? Yeah, all good, all good. Feeling pretty excited and nervous for the season ahead, which I'm sure you are as well. Um, yeah, right, absolutely, got... absolutely. We've um, obviously only got um, a short chat with yourself. Um, you know, you're a busy man at the moment, anyway. But um, I want to start really with the um, with the, with the thing that came out about the, the stadium name and give you a chance to sort of clarify and what happened with that earlier this week. Obviously, you'll be aware a picture sort of circulated quickly around the internet, like they do, of uh, Sellers Park. You know, pitch being well, stadium being named as the one-two bet stadium. And what what basically happened with that? Um, we, I'll tell you exactly what's happened is I want to try and make the stadium look better and less bitty and less like it's for different stands try and pull it together a bit so we've been doing a lot of work in the summer to try and do that so lots of things irritate me about the stadium like you know there's blue seats on the bottom of the homes now and then there's all different colour seats everywhere else so um, we're, you know, we're trying to get the whole thing looking better and what I wanted to do is I wanted to do one brand you know one of the things that looks a bit no disrespect to the people that are advertising but it all looks a bit ragtag and bobtail sometimes doesn't it with all these banners on the after weight and then there isn't a banner because somebody hasn't bought a space and all that stuff yeah. obviously the opportunities you know to get advertisers in the Premier League are, are much greater so we put together what we call a stadium domination package which is basically every advertising board that's not the, um, the pity boards um, to be one brand and we were looking for a brand basically that was red or blue really so that we could we could you know we could get the stadium just looking great and in in the mock-ups that we've done you know the, the, the two bet you know it, it, it looks great so 
Um, we're close to finalising something with them. We, we did talk about a stadium naming deal, but we, we, we never, it never got to the point that, um, you know, we, 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 we were going to do it. So it will be Sellers Park Stadium sponsored by uh, one two bet. So I'm, I'm sort of preempting probably the announcement if it happens, but that's yeah. that's really where we are. And I think it, you know, unfortunately, we've got one guy that won't. You know, we've offered him compensation, but we've got one guy who claims to be a fan who won't move his poster from the Arthur Way, um, even though we've offered him minutes on the digi boards and stuff. So unfortunately, it's not going to look quite as as good as I as I wanted it to look. Um, but uh, it will look, I think it will look much, much better. So um, that's really all, all that's about. You know, there's a bit of a storm in a teacup, really. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I take it you saw, saw all the reaction from, from the fans. I mean, do you understand that? Or, or was, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of people like a good conspiracy. No, as, frankly, as I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's, you know, fellows, you know, it's not like, I don't know, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, in the future, if I could get a stadium built on the back of a naming deal, then I would do it. Mm. Um, so you know I think it's a bit of an overreaction but you know the fact of the matter was that, that if we were going to do it the deal would have to be commercially right yeah. um, and you know it just it just wasn't so um, but I'm not I think there's so many things that people claim to be attached to that mm. seem to just matter inordinately to them to you know they would rather not you know if I can get more funds for Ian that keep us in this division yeah, you know, within reason, I would do anything, um, pretty much. Um, mm. Obviously, there's certain brands that we would want to steer clear of. Betting is a massive part of society. It's a massive part of the game. Um, you know, on all of the advertising, the digi boards um, around the country, you'll have masses of betting ads. There'll be betting ads in all the half time. You know, what do, what do people think pays for football? You know, what 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 pays? Give Sky the money. You know, it's the it's the punters and also it's the advertisers. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the football leagues, the Skybet football league now, and all that. Well, yeah, I totally understand that. Um, I suppose, you know, from a, from a fan perspective, I can kind of almost obviously Sellers Park has been Sellers Park for uh, forever, many years. You know, years it's been since nineteen twenty four. Yeah, the know. Emirates, it's called the Emirates. Nobody moans about that, do they? What, you know, mm, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it, look, we're not going to do it. But if we did it, I think yes. it's absolutely ridiculous that people would want to hold back building a new stadium. You know, for some nostalgic dream. I mean, we've been at the Nest, we've been at Crystal Palace Park. You know, we've yeah. been. You know, things change. The world moves on. You know, that's, was... that's that's what happens. You know, and what I find also bizarre is yeah. it's all the youngest people that are the most nostalgic. Other than that, you know, that that's that's you know, there's lots of discussions that go on from time to time. Um, if if I thought that we could get something good come out of a, of a naming deal with the right people, then 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 we would do it. Right now, we're not doing it. But we are trying to make the stadium look better, give everybody a lift, give everybody a bit of positivity. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, I'm completely on board. And I think a lot. There are still, obviously, there was a quite a big reaction, but there are also a lot of fans out there who understand that, particularly in the Premier League, it is now a, a more, much more commercial environment. And for me, the thing was, it always, if someone said to me, "Where you know, where are you going to go and watch Palace?" It wouldn't really matter that. That it had a, it had been named something else. So I'd still say Sellers Park. So for me, nothing had changed anyway. So yeah, it was a, it was a strange one for me. Um, ben has got some questions yeah. for you now, though. Ben. Yeah, moving on slightly to, to transfers. Obviously, you, you talk about this with with pretty much everyone. Uh, it's something that a lot of people want to talk about. Uh, one question we've had in from a few listeners is uh, is about Darren Bent and Holloway. Apparently, yesterday said that you've missed out on him. 
but the papers are still claiming that we've agreed personal terms, but Villa want a bit too much. So can you shed any light on this subject at all? Not really, no. <laughs> fair. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Next. <laughs> I mean, look, if I, if, I comment, if I comment on every single player that, that, that we go after or we don't go after, then, you know, I don't think it's fair on the clubs that we're talking to about players. Um, I wouldn't like them to do it about our players. Um, it, it, you know, if, if, if agents and people want to put things in the paper, um, that's up to them. Uh, all I would tell fans is, you know, some of the stuff in the paper is true, some of the stuff in the paper is not. Okay. Um, some, of it, some of it is, you know, and, and what fans have to remember is some of it is absolutely, completely, totally made up. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about being connected with players that no, Ian and I have never even heard of. Okay. Um, I think the worst one, the worst one was the whole Colton Cole saga. You know, yeah. I think we, we, Kev Phillips had, Henry had just hit the top corner and Colton Cole's agent was saying that he was coming to Palace. <laughs> you know, the first conversation we had anything about it was a month later when he couldn't drum up any interest from anybody else by using our name. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you can get, uh, uh, it, it's irritating, but, you know, it's part of the game, isn't it? You know, I don't suppose anything anybody can ever do about it, but, no. you know, there are agents that will just ring the paper and complete, I mean, I know it's difficult for fans to imagine it, I would have found it difficult, you know, there's no smoke without fire and all that stuff. Mm. All over Europe this happens as well, we've been connected with uh, with players at Sporting Lisbon and Bowd, do you remember that at the beginning of the year? Yeah, yeah. You know, fouled. I, I rang in and I said, who's fouled? You know, nobody nobody had heard of him. Never heard of him. Didn't know anything about him. Then he went to Celtic. I mean, it was all obviously used just to get whatever contractual problem they were having sorted out. So, you know, they just, I don't know, the, the new boys in town will throw that hat and um, name in the ring. I'm, I'm sure the people that have been in the Premier League for years are used to it, you know, but it's, it, it takes them getting used to it. Yeah, I'm just fascinated to hear that, really. I mean, obviously, uh, Ian always talks about still being after six or seven or something like that. Is that still a realistic aim for you? goes up, doesn't it? Every time I say three or four, it's just four or five. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, we, 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 we definitely need... We, we feel this, the squad needs strengthening. And, uh, you know, I don't think... You know, we, it, it's a long, torturous process getting a transfer over the line, unfortunately, often. You know, unless you're prepared to just give everybody twice what they want, you know, because even if you give them what they want, when they ask for it, often they'll double it then if you give them what they want. So, you know, you you, you, you have to be patient and, and, you know, we've got to safeguard the future of the club and, and build the best squad and that's what we're doing. You know, we're on the phone constantly, day in, day out, trying to see what targets we've got are available. You know, I mean, you, you do it one of two ways, really. You either find players that you like and then go and try and buy them or you start, people tell you who's available, and then you consider them. Um, sometimes, actually, you know, for all the scouting that you can do and, 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 and going and finding them, sometimes you're better off just waiting until people tell you that somebody's available and then considering them, because if a player's not available, the fact that they're good is sort of academic knowledge, really, isn't it? It's irrelevant, you know? You know, so we, we need to find players that are, you know, in situations where the clubs will want to let them go for a certain amount of money um, or, or, or they're out of contract or they're nearing the end of their contract or whatever. So often it's, you know, you've got to get that information and, and then you've got to get it all over the line. The personal terms agreed, the medical's done, the paperwork all done. You, you know, it's a difficult 
difficult process and we probably need to do more than most because Wilson's, you know, gone and, and Glenn's injured. Um, but, you know, we've done three or, you know, people forget, we, we, we've signed six players this summer. Um, so, you know, we've not been idle. All I see is when are we going to sign some players? Well, we've signed six. Um, we would like to get, there's probably four or five more positions that we would like to strengthen. And then, frankly, after that, you can go on forever. You know, I mean, it, there's always better players out there. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that's that the reality of where we are as Crystal Palace, you know. Yeah, well, that was my next question, actually, talking about, obviously, not, not giving out specific names, but are you looking at specific positions and what, what positions are there that you want to strengthen the most? Um, no, I think that, you know, it, 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 again, it's not fair on... No, I mean, I think we need we, we need to strengthen all over the pitch, really. I, I don't think there's any one area. Yeah, I don't think there's any one area that um, that that where we're um, you know where we're especially weak. I think apart from you know Will going and Glenn being injured, so obviously strikers are a priority. You know, we've done one. I think it's well publicised that we should get another one finalised on Monday. Yeah. Um, we you know with the midfield we've we've, we've tightened up with with Campania arriving. Um, there's, there's three other bids that we've got in with clubs at the moment um, on, on various areas of the pitch um, at the back um, so you know there's no one specific area I just think we, you know we just need to get a bit more depth in the squad and strengthen up and, and get some good competition in the squad so in some areas you know we haven't got the right amount of competition in the squad I don't think and we need to make sure that we have mm. Okay. okay, Steve, won't, won't keep you too much longer. We'll, um, I think that's about as much as we can uh, push you on transfers um, without sort of forcing you to repeat yourself. So um, in terms of the, the preparation for the season ahead, um, I mean, lots of people have been observing things. We've had a tweet in saying, you know, a lot of the old um, old badge signs are still up around the stadium. How's the uh, preparation going in general, sort of, to be ready for the, for the uh, Tottenham game? Guys, it, guys it's manic. It is manic. I mean, the amount of work that we've had to try and do... And, I said on the screen the other day, we're, try, we're trying to do something for everyone. Yeah. You know, we don't just want to do up the exec boxes and, and leave the rest of the ground shabby. So we, we're trying to get all the afterweight um, toilets done, all of the uh, white and flame toilets done. We, we've taken the retail back, so we're trying to roll out a new retail brand. It won't all be done by the first game of the season. There'll be new menus with new food, and then we're going we're gonna to spruce up all the retail. We've invested 100000 in kitchen equipment so that we can actually griddle fresh burgers and cook sausages and cook pies freshly in, in each booth. So instead of having stuff that's been, you know, pre-prepared and shriveled and wrinkled and horrible, um, you know, it should be a lot better. We've got a fan zone going into the car park, um, which, which there was a trial for Lazio, but it wasn't set out right as it was meant to be. So that will all look a lot better. So, you know, we, we understand, you know, you've got to understand with the Arthur White, people stood at the front, you couldn't get to the back when the stand was built. So the concourse was only designed to take the people that are at the very back. Um, so we're trying to make sure that there's other opportunities to buy food. So there'll be a fan zone in the car park with, with a lot of food outlets in it. And then there's all the, you know, the TV studios are going in, the, 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 the TV dancers gone in, the cabling's all going in, the digiboards are going in. The press box has to be refurbished. There's loads of technical things, new internet connections, and you know, there's 70 odd screens for the press that are going into the press box. Um, it, it, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's absolutely endless. We bought the training ground. We spruced up the training ground. Tarmac's all the car park. We've taken the bullpen down in the car park at Sellers because that okay. makes it look a lot better, and it gives us room for the fan zone. 
Um, we've built a media centre in the Homesdale, temporary for all the media that, that are going to come. So it, it, there's just a huge... We've put all new seats in the uh, main stand that you'll see, which I think will look, look really nice. Um, and we've re, you've redone all the exec boxes and we've built a new exec club called the CPSC 2010 Club. So, you know, that's just sort of... I've not remembered it all, but, you know, it's been pretty busy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sounds like it. Okay, Ben's got one last thing for you, and we'll let you go. Yeah, just a quick one about the uh, the documentary. I know you, you've been quite involved with it, and, and Dan's interviewed you quite a bit. And he he told me yesterday actually that he was kind of waiting on your your go ahead, and then you'd be able to sort something out with that. So, do you know roughly how long it's going to be until fans are able to see that? Yeah, look, I mean, we've had a bit of consolation because that whole thing sort of. It, I, I I must admit, we sort of sleepwalked into that. You know, I thought it was. Mm. But they're nice kids, and, 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 and they've done a nice job with it, and I think we'll do a DVD for the club shops, and there may be something on, on one of the channels, you know, a cut-down version of it. Um, so um, that, that something something will come out very soon, I'm sure. Okay. Fantastic. Steve, um, thank you for taking a little bit of time from your busy schedule to talk to us. Much appreciated, and um, best of luck with the rest of the, uh, the work going on. And, um, Cheers, Steve. Well, hopefully speak yeah, to look, I mean, that, what... What I would just say to everybody, you know, we we, we we will get, you know, we will do our utmost to get a team that does us all proud in, in the Premier League. You know, that's all we're working towards at the moment. You know, I, I don't, you know, I'm a fan of the club. I don't want any more than anybody else to, to do anything other than give it our best shot. It is difficult. You know, we have lost. You know, both Wilf and Glenn were in the team of the championship last year. Um so you know it's it's not as straightforward as as, as it normally would. So, but you know we're we're going to work tirelessly and do everything. And if everybody gets behind the team and we make sell us an absolute fortress, you know I think that we can uh, we can give this league a good go. I really do. And, and and you know I just want everybody out there to know that that you know there's not a minute of, of the day that goes by where we're not trying to get the right people in to, to help this club do what it's never done before to stay in the Premier League. That's fantastic to hear, and I don't think it was any ever in any doubt, really. So, thank you so much, Steve. Pleasure. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, the wonderful Steve Parrish there. Hopefully, he's answered a few of your questions. As you can tell, um, took uh, some time out from. I think well, he said he's having dinner, so you know he's. You see, he's, he's always thinking about Palace, and it's um, you know, it's um, he's straight talking there. Not everyone will agree what he said uh, about the stadium name situation and. You know, quite quite blunt on transfers as well, and how that's working. And you know, I, I don't how... know how they cannot how they cannot know, Chris, because what's mm. happened is everyone was rucking, saying, "Oh, the name it's not going to be called Sellers Park." Now, what we've got is the best of both. We've got a sponsor, and it's still called Sellers Park. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, exactly. I think. I mean, a lot of people obviously it was the fact that they saw one two bet stadium, and like obviously. You know, that came with yeah, certain but, connotations. And then you saw immediately opposition fans jumping straight on it. And, but you and know as well as I best. Listen, I've got my opinion. I got told I was delusional and, you know, kissing the board's ass on Twitter about it. So, you know what I mean? Those those things happen. And, you know, I, I don't... You know, I can see... I know why people are upset. I'm not, none of us here is, you know, stupid. Well, I don't know, Mark. Yeah, anyway, um, none of us here, you know, are idiots. We're just... But at the same time, you, you've got to understand that you can quite clearly, when you hear Steve talk there, you know exactly his motivation is getting Palace to be as good as they can possibly be. So I don't. I think he's earned the right to be trusted to do that. And that's my only real uh, bugbear on it. Anyway, listen, we've, we've got to move on. We've got plenty to um, do. I'll go on, Joe, very quickly. 
No, I'm just, I'll, I'll just very, very quickly, I mean, financial survival over nostalgia. If it's good, you know mm. the thing is, if it's good enough for Man City, good enough for us, and they're squilling ears. That should be the end of it. Yeah. Okay. We need to move um, on. We move on. Yeah, it's about change. It's about progression. But um, and, uh, but at the same time, I, I understand that tradition is important. And, you know, and I have to say, like, get my gut feeling is, is I would rather it wasn't the case. You know what tradition I mean? Tradition won't keep us in the Premier League. No, right? it won't. I, I accept that. And that's why and that's why I was supportive of the situation when it came exactly. out. I would, but I would still say, personally, I'd rather it, ha- it, it wasn't the way of the football world. But it is, you know what I mean? Anyway, let's, uh, let's move this on. Uh, we have um, our Sun Dream Team Fantasy Football League. Uh, the, oh, it's not ours, it's the Suns, obviously. But, um, but we've got a league running in it. The pin is uh, 8020398. And the password is Homestale, um, if you want to join that. I think I've managed to register a team in it. It took me about 15 attempts because I kept blocking it at work, which was unreasonable. Um, we've had, uh, well, ooh, well, we've got a, a few little things to talk about. Obviously, had some information from Steve there that we've got to try and factor into this. But um, there's a bit, a bit about transfers before we start looking at the friendlies. Now, um, we've signed Elliot Grand, Grandan, as I would pronounce it, or Grandin, if you like. Uh, on a one-year deal, uh, worked with with Holloway at Blackpool. Interestingly, Holloway had quite a lot to say about him in a negative sense when at Blackpool, and particularly, I think it was after the relegation from the from the Premier League, and it was his uh, sort of a, uh, application in training. And you know, basically, if you go and have a look look at YouTube and see what sort of a player Grandin is, you can see he's and he had a really good season in the Premier League for Blackpool. You know, very very good, promising player, but who's never quite made you know, the full use of his ability, if you like. And and this is one, again, where a lot of people... Well, let, let's get your opinions first. I'll start with you, Mark, since you've sort of, like, been disappearing and reappearing from this call, and I want to see if everything is working for you. Uh, do you know much about Grandin? Or what's your views on him signing? Well, I didn't know much about him. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> how, Mark, how far are you from your microphone? Because I can... <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, you might want to have a quick uh, unplug and replug in of your equipment there, mate, because you sound a long way. Um, Joe, what's your opinion while we're waiting for Mark to sort himself out? I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know anything about him. I'm a Palace fan. I don't care about the Black Ball. I didn't care about anyone else's players. Um, the, the only thing that I can, I can say is that, firstly, I don't think he would have brought him down if he didn't think that he was good for us. And secondly, I can only hope that he... As with most of the players that have, that have played and do play for our club, is that they play for the club and not themselves. We don't seem to have any players that I can see that that don't play for the badge, that don't play for the fans, that don't play for the board. You know, everyone plays. They play for their pals. They play for a. They play for our club, and maybe by getting certain, you know, by getting a, a, a new mixture of players in, we might see a, a, a slight change, but. I think what they'll do is whoever comes into the squad will see how tight knit, our family orientated, our fan orientated is, and and get into that mode of of, of the way that our club likes to to operate. Um, you know, some of them get on Twitter and, Twitter and just just just. It's okay. okay. The, re- the reason you can hear that is that Mark's volume is up insanely loud all of a sudden. I like having having Mark back, and just the technical problems that come with him is just spectacular. <laughs> um, so smooth. Yeah, I really don't know what's going on, Mark. You sound ridiculous. Um, I think you should just go on mute and have a little chat with Mikey and see if we can sort you out because um, it's not good. But um, 
anyway, so yeah, as you were saying, Joe. I mean, well, I, I, you know, you, you sort of made your point. You know, we're trying to get a new mix of players, and and Grandin is part of that. And um, and Ben, very very quickly, because I want to talk about Tramac and then get uh, get our next guest on. Yeah. Um, but but obviously, Grandin is someone who Ian Holloway pointed out worked with him before, and um, and as such knows what he wants to achieve. And um, I also heard Holloway talking about the fact that we can't play the same way we did last year. You know, everyone knows the formation, but missing Murray and missing Zaha means that that formation isn't really working, he's found in pre-season. So, is, is, you know, do you see that that's, that's basically the reason we've got someone like Elliot Grandin in? Yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, talking about formations and how we're playing, like, it, it's all over the place, really. People are moving, if, if you went to the Lazio game yesterday, you know, KG was in right back and then we didn't have a right back for the last 10 minutes and it looked like we were playing three at the back. But, you know, Grandin, Grandin will surely, surely help that. He's another option. He, he's, you know, he's another man in the squad that, that can play in, in a couple of positions. And the fact that he's worked with Holloway before can only be a good thing. Uh, if I'm honest, the signing itself I was a little bit underwhelmed with because you, know, you expect to go into the Premier League and, and sign some big names, but it's not that easy. And, uh, and Grandin's looked, looked all right the last couple of games. He, he wasn't that great when he was on trial, but now that he's signed a permanent deal, he looks... Looks to be a bit better. Although yesterday we we have to say that he, um, yeah, no, I think he played well. So, yeah. So your um, so your uh, your view on Shamak really? Um, sorry, Mark. Mark might be back. Let's get his view. Uh, Mark. Um, yeah, yeah. you sound normal. Um, oh, Aaron, no, Aaron, I was Matt, just going to say about about Grandin that although I didn't know much about him, I did see him at Dulwich Hamlet uh, versus Palace in the week, and I actually thought he looked actually quite quite promising. He just didn't look fit, but I thought. His general all-round play was quite promising, and he scored a couple of goals. And uh, um, you know, you've got to give the bloke a bit of time. You know, everyone's, you know, as soon as people come in, everyone's jumping on the back saying, you know, why are we, why are we sign this person? Why are we sign that person? Well, just let the board and Holloway get on with it. I think they know what they're doing. You know, mm. no, that's a fair point. And yeah, so Shamak, um, not not particularly big success at Arsenal. I think it's fair to say, other than his performance. Um, when he first signed, um, I mean, basically, I, you know, I know a few Arsenal fans, and you know, some of them are the, the ones who, shall we say, are more armchair based. Tend to say, you know, just he's rubbish, effectively, and you've signed, you know, signed a load of rubbish there. Obviously, that isn't the case because you know Arsene Wenger spent you know a good twelve months trying to uh, trying to get him to sign for Arsenal when they actually took him and. He he started in Arsenal's first team before, while Van Persie was out injured and and played really well. And reading the a great article on on um, five year plan on their website today, and it was sort of explained how he actually really made Arsenal sort of tick for for quite a while before Van Persie came back in. And a lot of Arsenal fans consider him very very unlucky not to have played more. And um, and again, I suppose he had an unsuccessful. Sp- Spell a season loan at West Ham, played three games. So again, that doesn't point to anything spectacular. But I mean, really, when you think about the player that we've signed, I mean, two, you know, two three years ago, that level of player was so far beyond us. And for me, it's an incredibly exciting signing. I don't know if you agree. I, yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah, if, if that was question was aimed at me, I agree. He well, didn't get games at Arsenal, so you can't you can't judge that. I mean, he he was the first player ever to score in six consecutive Champions League games. That's a ridiculous achievement. You know, and at Palace, it'll be a brilliant signing if we give him games. And I think we will, to be honest. I think if he gets a run of games, he'll score goals. Mark? Yeah, I think he's it's a really promising signing. I think he's uh, it's it's been written and said before about, you know, 
certain players need a kick up the backside and some just need an arm around the shoulder and I think he's the latter and I think I think um, playing Shamak with Gale could be a really exciting combination because mm. he oozes pace doesn't he uh, Dwight Gale and I think yeah. Shamak his, his, he doesn't score a lot of goals but he holds the ball up well he's good in the air and I think that Gale will will profit a lot from from uh, Shamak's sort of general play and I think I think Gale could really, really do well this season, providing that he's not played as a lone striker. Yeah, no, I think it's, it does seem to be um, a desire from from in all the way to give ourselves some different options tactically, and I, and I think Gale up alongside Shamak seems to be one of those things. And I've noticed in the um, the, the formation's been changing slightly, and you're having whoever starting wide right seems to be starting wide right and drifting central to form a two, and that's I think that's kind of where the a little tweak has been happening. Um, but sort of last word on this, because we need to get Terence on. Um, last sort of word, really, is that, that exactly what you said, Mark. He's We've not signed him, I don't think, as a goal scorer, as a Murray replacement, which a lot of people have been talking about. You know, How can you replace Murray with a player who's not scoring? I think it's exactly that. We're replacing you know, a focal point of the attack with someone, who else, someone else who is capable of being a focal point of the attack. Um, but anyway, there you go. Those are the, the two transfers in recent times, which we've uh, hadn't had a chance to talk about since our last show. Um, but let's have a little chat about the friendlies. Now, the first friendly we haven't covered um, was uh, was the four nil away victory at Waterford. Now, no one, none of us here made the journey to Waterford, but um, but we do know someone who has. Oh, apparently we're. Oh, I'm being told all sorts of crazy things in um, from the producers. But um, but yeah, basically one one person who did go was Terence from Red and Blue Army, and we're going to try and get uh, get in touch with him now. I've been stalling, waiting for for producer Tom to ring him, but he hasn't been, and now he is. So bear with me one second. Um, that'd have been seamless. That'd been seamless if people were psychic. But uh, there we go. That I can now hear ourselves, Terence. Yeah, sorry, I was just turning the radio off. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's good. Can you hear? Can you hear me? Am I not coming with technical difficulties? I thought that was just the norm. No, that that that's, that is what happens. But, uh, oh, here he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, mate, congratulations on three years of RedAndBlueArmy.co.uk. Thank you very much, sir. Um, how's it been? Um, been a bit crazy. It's gone from um, the sublime to the ridiculous and back again. Last day survivals. <laughs> A, a bit of a nothing season in the middle with a League Cup semi-final thrown in and then promotion out of the blue. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? Eh? It's been a bit been an eventful three years for you. Um, well, obviously, our motivation for getting you on, not only you know your wonderful personality and beautiful radio <laughs> voice, um, it was... <laughs> it was... Um, oh, well, I said that. I just, <laughs> it was the fact you, you Chris, made the... You want to go for a drink after this? Yeah, well, you know, I've been... You know, we'd, I'm not using a decent enough state to uh, to come on to you after games. I'm usually too drunk, but I'm sober at the moment. <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's. Um, that's so going to be used as a clip by Mikey at some point. But um, <laughs> anyway, mate, uh, listen. You you went to Waterford. You made that pilgrimage with a few hardy souls over there. About 400 of you, I think, in the end. Um, take us through that game. Really. It was a four 0 win, and um, Ian Holloway described it as a you know a run out to try and get some confidence and get a few goals and what have you. I mean, I mean, how was it? Who was standing out, all that sort of stuff? It was a bizarre one because Waterford had played about 12 hours before, the night before, and they won 4-1 away from home. But um, their first-team players 
clearly all wanted to play against a Premier League side. So they were playing with a team that was probably running on empty. So I was a little bit nervous at the start because I thought, you know, if we don't tuck these guys away, everyone's going to start panicking, especially after losing 3-0 at Crawley. But um, within the first 10 minutes, the, the, cl- the class difference was obvious. I mean, Waterford tried their hardest, bless them, but I think they got over the halfway line once in the first half. Um, right, OK. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that, in all fairness, they forced Brony into a save when they got ho- over the halfway line that one time. But, um, oh, OK, that's good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, it's... As most uh, the preseason games, Stephen Dobby was just superb again. Like mm. he's, you know, he's one of the players who you thought might be on the fringes of the starting eleven, but not actually quite making it in. Especially with Campania coming in and with Johnny Esther. But um, yeah. I think in preseason he's earned himself a, a, a spot starting against Spurs on Sunday. Let- yeah, let's have a let's have a little stop and chat with the guys about uh, Dobby because obviously when he signed, a lot of people were saying. You know, we signed him for the fact that we might not go up, that he would be our player in the championship next year and all that sort of stuff. And, and a lot of people think we thought seem to think we should have maybe pulled the plug on the deal instead of going through with it and that sort of stuff. And he's really surprised me. Well, not surprised me too much because he's always been a decent attacking player, but he seems to have upped that work rate in pre-season. You know, he's, he seems to be working harder than he was, you know, in the, in the competitive environment in the championship. And he's really been impressive. Um, I don't... Well, sorry, Ben, you've... Probably got some views on Dobby. Yeah, I think it's almost a shame that he plays in the middle of the park. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Because that is probably, you know, we've got so many people... You know, fighting for positions there with Yednak and Campana and, and Johnny Williams. And if Dobby played, you know, out wider in a slightly different position, he'd probably be playing every game. I think he's class. You know, he can hit a quality free kick. He's got a great touch, and his his range of passing is is above and beyond a, a lot of the other members of the team. So yeah, I agree with with Terence actually that he probably is pushing for for a place in the starting eleven on Sunday. Uh, Terence, where do you think his best position is? Oh, it's it's uh, pretty much the point triangle of the midfield just behind the striker mm. he's just he has that ability he's got a good vision and I think he there was one point in the game on against Lazio on Saturday 
a little scoop pass that he tried to put through to, I think it was Wilbur. Um, it's very, very good, and he has that ability to turn on the sixpence and all of a sudden open up a lot of space. So he is very dangerous in that hole behind. And, of course, we all know, as he did against Watford, he can hit a shot from range and score goals. Mm. And well, last word on uh, Dobby from Joe. Yeah, Terence, do you think you, you said behind a striker, mm-hmm. you, would you say he was just, you know, in a, behind a single striker or just or backing up two strikers? It's It's been quite interesting, the formation we've been playing this season, the pre-season. It's very different from the one we was playing last year. I think through realising that we've lost Wilf and we don't quite have that natural balance that Balassi bought last season when we had Zaha and Balassi on each wing, with the wingers have been playing more as sort of like floating strikers, making sort of three up and a bit more, and it looks like the fullbacks are trying to get forward more as a result. So I think it's going to be a single striker, and I can see Dobby playing as one of those wide players that float in central. Because I think with the signing of Shamat, he's going to be the lead one behind, and I think Gal's also going to be those players who play in behind. And because that's pretty much what he's been doing all pre-season, he's very rarely played as an out-and-out centre-forward. So yeah. I, I think it w- th- those three players, as in the striker and the two, what would have been wingers last season, will interchange. And very rarely will I think that they'll be actual like out-and-out wingers. Mm. You're sort of uh, slightly cutting out a bit, Terence. I think perhaps maybe you're streaming some sort of video while talking to us. <laughs> not, I'm not saying any taking type of video, probably just some goals you're watching or something. Um, <clears throat> well, but, um, no, I'm, just, I'm just on an iPad. you think it would be able to do it okay. <laughs> yeah, you would, yeah. yeah. No, never mind. You're sounding all right now. Let's calm down. You know, you're not doing um, the advertising on here, please. <laughs> sorry, yeah. yeah. Other oh, pads yeah. are available. Yeah, other <laughs> tablets are available, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. Um, well, let's take, take back to Waterford. Anyone else stand out? It was quite funny because... I spent half an hour before the Dulwich Hamlet game saying how, after looking poor, I thought Osman Sal looks pretty good at the Waterford mm. game, but then he went straight back to being diabolical against Dulwich Hamlet. So, <laughs> I mean, he, you... he, he took his goal very, very well. When he looked dangerous when he came on, he's got decent pace, he's a big guy, he's strong, and his finish, as I say, was superb, but I'd, he hasn't done enough for me, and I think getting injured early on in that Dulwich Hamlet game could be the end for him. Yeah, oh, I didn't realise he'd picked up an injury. As so, well, there was talk, talk of him getting a one-year deal, and his agent apparently said it's happened. Um, if that was the case, how would you feel about that? Um, he's, he's as I was on the grounds he's a big lad, and used the <laughs> the normal phrase. He's got good feet for a big lad. He's like very, very good on the ball. Well, he was at Waterford, but in the games before, in the Dulwich Hamlet game, he's looked very clumsy and like uncoordinated in his body. So, I don't know, it's a wait and see. If we sign him on a year, it'll be a wait and see job because, you know, against Waterford, who are effectively amateurs, um, you can't really base it on one performance there. Well, that is a shame. Um, but, <laughs> having, yeah, I mean, I don't know... I'd, I, Did you I just ask meant, the positives? <laughs> no, no, not really. No, I, I just, to be honest, mate. Um, I saw him against. Hmm, how I've got to remember now. Uh, yeah, who was it? it? Yeah, I think it was Dagenham when he. Um, yeah, when where well, he played sort of 
wide-ish right drifting inside and missed a couple of easy chances and stuff. Yeah. But um, I, I, yeah, I wasn't impressed, you know. And I've, I'm someone who tries to look on the positive side of everything, and you know, and I, and I just thought to myself, whenever we're going to sign him, it's it'll be ba- he's going to have been because he's shown something that we haven't seen yet in a, in a game situation in training, and it'll be because he's a player of a certain type. But doesn't didn't fill me with tic- particular confidence. But you know, with the signing of Shamak and things, like that, it does look like we're making. You know that he would just be perhaps one to develop if you like. Um, uh, Mark has a question for you, which just fills me with abject horror. I don't really know what's going to happen, but let's see what happens. Mark, hi Terence. Hi, I was Mark. just uh, talking of uh, pre-season. I have to say, uh, one of the players who's impressed me the most is one of the youngsters, is Jerome Williams. I wonder whether you thought he was going to feature this season. Well. Uh, with currently with Parr being injured, I'm not sure how far away he is. He's relative, pretty much our only cover at left back. Um, early on in pre-season, I was I thought to be to put it nicely, I thought he looks a bit like a donkey, um, and that all culminated at Crawley, where he no pressure whatsoever to put a cross in, no Crawley player within ten yards of him, and he kicks it out of the stadium. And what was quite <laughs> amusing about that was his his parents were sat behind me. And his dad was just laughing so hard. And his mum was beating the dad, saying, stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) That was amusing. But then since then, the last, um, the Dulwich Hamlet game and the game against Lazio, he's looked very good when he comes on, especially going forward. I think um, there's a lot to be left desired defensively. I think um, he's okay when the ball's in front of him, but personally, not okay. And I think we saw that a few times when he came on, like the Lazio winger was getting in behind him quite easily. So there's a lot to work off defensively, but going forward, he looks very, very good. Very, very good feet. Yeah, I'm interested because I, I seem to remember seeing him a couple of years ago in a youth game and him, perhaps, I think he came off the bench and he played left wing. I'm sure he was a winger, like, or maybe it was just, just on that occasion, but, but he is one of those. He definitely looks like a, a forward-thinking player with some a lot of work to do defensively, so I couldn't agree more, mate. Um, yeah, anyway, well, it's, it's um, interesting how they do that with youth players because um, it's going to sound like I'm name-dropping. I went to school with Ashley Cole and played football with him, and when mm-hmm. we were kids, he was, he was a striker, and then he moved to left wing, and then he moved to left back. So I think it's once they get into the sort of pro, like really playing pro and get to that age, they sort of can work, coaches work out which position is best for them. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem to be a, a general tactic, doesn't it? You know, uh, there's so many players who started off in different positions. I think uh, Johnny Williams said he started off as a right back and various other things. But um, there, there years, you go. Yeah. I saw Johnny Williams play right back against Dulwich Hamlet. All oh, right, there you go then. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. Again, must be uh, must be something in the coaching there. Anyway, mate, look, really appreciate you coming on and chatting to us about those couple of games. Um, unfortunately, we've got to go and talk to some Spurs fans now. That was, hor- that was a horrible thing to say about guests. I like Spurs fans. I'm really struggling with this. Um, <laughs> no, listen, thanks so much for talking to us, mate, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you throughout the season. All the best. No way. Good luck, guys. Cheers, Terry. Cheers. Cheers, Terence. That was uh, Terence Ford from uh, redbluearmy.co.uk. Uh, obviously, that is also the name of his website, and if you haven't visited it before, you, you probably have, but if you haven't, you should do. Plus, follow him on Twitter and and Facebook and what have you, because fantastic with game updates and always some amusing and insightful match reports as well. So there you go. Nice little plug for Terence there. Um, we're going to have a chat with the Fighting Cock podcast, a group of Spurs fans who want to um, help us preview off opening game of the season. Uh, so we'll be doing that when we come back. Without any of this, there would be none of this. So <laughs> there's some sort of sniffing sound there. I don't know what's happened. Alex... Um, oh. No, it wasn't me. 
No, you sure? <laughs> it's not it's a mouth. sniff. Do you know what? I've come to the conclusion it's a noise I make with my mouth when I talk a lot because I breathe out the back of my mouth when I talk a lot. So, there you go. Do you want to not do that? I'm, I'm, I'm working towards it. Let's put it that right. way. I'm still voting for debilitating coke habit myself, but all right. <laughs> or this... We were, our lunch used to work at, I used to be a cheesemaker many years ago, but little known fact about me. And we was on our lunch break and we were talking about what happens if you get trapped in your car and it catches fire. And, and uh, Terry said, well, I keep a big knife by me. Uh, I've got a big knife to cut myself out of the seatbelt if I get trapped. And I said, well, what happens if the police stop you? He said, it's all right, I keep in the boot. True <laughs> 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 story. <laughs> all this. Got home very late and saw very very rough today but that's another story but uh mm, <laughs> smack bottom hlradio.net slash donate right that was uh, <laughs> yeah, a little break for our promo there become particularly confused by it but um anyway we are now been joined by uh flav from the fighting cock podcast spurs fan uh hi flav hello how you doing thanks for having uh, me on not too bad at all, mate. Uh, my name's Chris, by the way. I don't think we've actually spoken. You've been speaking to the producers about this. But, obviously, you're here to help us preview um, our opening game of the season. Uh, obviously, we've got, got a fair... Just, basically, you're going you're gonna to get a load of questions from us. And you can tell us a little bit about, you know, what your hopes are for the season. Um, I say who the danger men are, but, uh, yeah, we know, we'll have a chat about particular danger man, I think. And, um, yeah, and your signings and what have you. And then, um, yeah, we'll uh, see what you think of us as well. No worries. So, so um, with me is uh, Ben, Jell and Mark. You'll be hearing from them. Mark's the one who sounds like he's about to kill himself. Jell <laughs> sounds a little bit like Ray Winston, and Ben sounds like a student, which he is. Uh, so, uh, there, there you go. That's, your, that's my descriptions of them for you. Um, <laughs> uh, first of all, mate, um, it's been a, been a sort of pre-season, if you like, dominated by one story for, you, for yourselves, and that's the Gareth Bale saga. Um First yeah. of all, fantastic player, and, and I don't know. I want to, I just want to ask you this actually: Did when you signed him, and obviously you know, inauspicious start. I don't think you won a game with him in the team for for quite some considerable time. Did you ever expect him to become the player he's become? Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, to be honest, um, no, no, not at all. I mean, when we signed him, he was <laughs> seventeen years old, um, uh, very raw. Obviously, he had talent. You could see that his ability to run with the ball was. Obvious, and he, you know he was taking players on, and he was he had a, he had a confidence of a player that was far beyond his years. Um, so you could see that there was potential there, but not not to, to to do what he did over the last couple of seasons. I know he got a lot of plaudits last last year, but um, it was actually the three or four months before the Inter game when we got beat four three, but he scored a hat trick uh, yeah. over in Milan. Um, it, we, we could see then that. That uh, given the run in the team, that he was a, a special player. Um, so no, no, I didn't quite expect him to reach the heights that he has. Uh, you know the kind of plaudits he's getting, but uh, yeah, certainly had potential like very few other young players I'd seen. Joe, mm. uh, you've got a quick question there. Yeah, no, this is a bit of an honesty one, really. But I mean, you know, we sold Will Fair, best player, to Man United for fifteen million quid. And I'm not saying he's anywhere near in a class of Bale, but do you honestly think that if it's not even about Bale, that a player 
is worth the figures that they're talking. I mean, it's fantastic for you guys because if it, you know, if you ever want to move to a new stadium, I mean, you've got a quarter of the dough out of him. <laughs> but do you honestly think that he's worth eighty to a hundred million? I mean, that is a, a just. It's almost football is just eating itself. But do you think he's worth that? No, of course not. No, I mean, he, he, there's no player in the world, a bar probably Ronaldo and. Um, and Messi, who, if they weren't playing in opposite teams, would win you the league, probably. Um, but no, I mean, no, I mean, he's not in Ronaldo's class in a million years. He's got so much more to do to his game in order to get, you know, to even talk about 80, 90 million. But this transfer isn't, the value of this transfer isn't about how good Bale is. It's, it's how well we're going to be compensated for losing such a good player, essentially. And it's basically saying, sticking two fingers up at Real Madrid, and um, and saying, look, if you, if you want to take him, this is what it's going to cost you. But to answer your question, no, he isn't worth that amount. And I completely agree with you saying uh, that, that football's eating itself with the amount of money going into the game is ridiculous. And, and the sooner the bottom falls out of that, that type of transfer market, the better for everyone. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. sensible attitude. Unfortunately, I don't think, you know, pretty much every fan kind of thinks like that, you know, but it doesn't ever seem to, it just seems to get worse and worse. I don't know where it ends, but I guess we'll see, won't we? Um, Premier League 2 is my opinion, but that's where it's, <laughs> gonna, that's where it's heading. Um, just, yeah, just before we move on, your gut feeling, is he going? Do you know what? I don't know. I, I, I swing, uh, to be honest, I've got to the point now I don't care, but I mean, um, he, he's got... Each day it changes. You read the stuff in the paper. You get to a point now that we sold him four times, according to certain papers. Look, that's not even marker. Uh, the, the, you know, talking British papers. But um, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I hope he stays because if he does, I think we're going to have a brilliant season. If he goes, it's a massive miss. So, but what can I do? Uh, I'll just sit here <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, moving on from Bale now to, to more to the season in general. Um, you know, for Tottenham fans, it's been, as much as I hate to say it, you know, to, to a Tottenham fan, you've been playing second fiddle to Arsenal, really, for a number of seasons, finishing behind them. Do you think this is finally the season that, that you could potentially, you know, overtake them and, and get that fourth spot? And what do you think of the transfers that you've, you've made so far? Every season, I think this is the season. And, and it, it never is. Uh, but I think... If they can't, they haven't bought anybody. They've been, they've having their fingers burnt with Suarez and uh, talk about Rooney in the early summer going to them. But I, hopefully, I, I, I don't want to say yes because it comes back and bites me on the arse. It has done many times with the whole um, mind the gap thing a few years ago. That was especially <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we can finish above them. I think we can match them man for man on the pitch. We'll probably, if you look on paper, have a better first eleven than they do. But, you know, Wenger is a, an excellent manager as much as it brings bile to my throat. Um, he, he is a good manager and he gets the best out of them each, each year. So, who knows? Um, hopefully, fingers crossed. In terms of the signings, um, Paulinho looks, looks like a proper star. He's the sort of player, box-to-box midfielder that any team would want. Um, if you combine him with Sandro's defensive ability, and I, I, I rank him in probably the be- uh, top five defensive midfielders in the world he's he's a fantastic brilliant player he's, he doesn't get the plaudits he deserves um, and Dembele who can play as well so that midfield is going to be key to our success whether Bale stays or goes and I think we're going to be a lot stronger defensively we're a little bit um, naive at times letting 
sloppy goals in, especially relying on Bell to um, you know to, to 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 get us the points. But um, yeah, I know we, we've signed well. I don't know much about Chadley. I saw I went at the game yesterday, and um, it was a bit quiet. He looked classy on the ball, but a little bit complacent. But you know, it's one game. It's a bit hard yeah. to talk about it in any great depth. But and, and obviously, you got Soldado, who um, you know was third in Europe for conversion rates. I think he was like one in four shots went in. So yeah. I hope he's good. I mean, he's good. He's going to be better than by all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I still no, no real idea why people keep signing Adebayor for huge amounts of money, but there you go. Um, I suppose uh, to sort of start steering us towards the whole, you know, Palace versus Spurs opening day fixture. I've got to ask you about John Bostock, really. Um, God, I don't yeah. know. How, yeah, I know exactly. Um, well, look, um, I, I, I wasn't proud of our, our, our um, behaviour in that, and and and, and the tribunal fee. Based on the hype surrounding him, was ridiculous. I think it was seven hundred and fifty thousand. So I can imagine Palace fans not looking too fondly at our club. Um, um, I'd, I'd, he's well, rubbish. He's rubbish. Yeah. 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 Um, well, this is this is the thing. Really, this is what I want to talk about. It's. I mean, I wouldn't say for really particularly that any Palace fan has any real major issue with Spurs the way they did that because essentially you weren't doing anything that plenty of other clubs had been doing throughout his time at Palace you know he, he was a young lad who joined us at like I think you know maybe nine years old maybe maybe even younger than that and he was just excellent in every age group just come all the way through he was absolutely excellent but you know he had you know a certain degree of, of attitude about how good he was and to a point rightly so when he was 15 years old but um what I mean he he got basically there was all sorts of people getting involved with his family and, and about how he moved and all that sort of stuff. So really the, the, the problem we had was actually with John Bostock and the, the decision that he made and the way he talked about our football club afterwards, you know, but so, but what I really want to focus on was, um, you know, as, as in terms of bringing through youth, that's basically what, what Palace are. We're a club that, you know, to get top class players, the only thing we can do is create him ourselves and try and hang on to him as long as we can. Um, but do you see yourself as a club that really should be signing sort of players at that age? Because you don't bring too many through. Is that a fair comment? No, there's 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 a lot wrong with the way you, especially with the the new rules uh, coming in. There's a lot wrong with uh, the way young players have been developed in this country. Um, no, I mean we we should have a, a decent decent youth setup. We have got a very good youth setup, to be fair. And I think you'll see Spurs signing very fewer. Players, uh, young potential players, um, and relying on a, a youth setup, uh, the academy, uh, the, the training complex that was set up at Spurs uh, in Enfield, I think, was is fantastic, world class, uh, you know, place to learn how to play football. So that should happen less. Um, but modern football, as it is, if if a prospect comes up, Spurs and any other club that have the financial clout to do so, will we'll move the earth if it means that they don't have to pay. Fifty million or hundred million in Bell's case now, five yeah. years line. Well, I suppose that that's a fantastic case in point. It shows the other end, doesn't it? But but having said that, proper money was paid for Gareth Bale, wasn't it? And it was um, it was kind of a, kind of at the optimum moment. But again, I suppose that could easily have gone wrong, couldn't it? But um, there oh. we go. Okay, let's um, let's talk Palace versus Spurs now. What I've got a lovely statistic that I really like. It you haven't beaten us in the league for fifteen years. Do you know that? <laughs> 
Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't know where I'm laughing. That's just this should be laughing. <laughs> now, admittedly, admittedly, we've played you twice in the league in 15 years. <laughs> now, uh, one was a draw, and one was one was one of my favourite moments in the um, the last visit to the Premiership. Was a three 0 home victory. I just I really enjoyed it, I'll be honest. But um, I remember it, funnily enough. <laughs> no? Okay, fair news. <laughs> funny, that. It was, was 2005, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, what's, what's your opinion on Palace? I mean, I suppose if you're anything like me, I've been very focused on the division that we've been in, and I haven't been paying a huge amount of attention to the Premiership for quite some time. And I'm a little bit shocked to be in there, to be honest with you. But, um, I mean, what, what, what do you know about Palace? And have you, have you got any real fears about that, or do you think it's going to be something of a walkover? No, no, not at all. I mean, I... I if you look at another, I, don't, I haven't got the actual statistic, but if you have to look at the the times that we've played teams, and it seems to happen quite a lot playing um, promoted teams in the first game of the season. I can't remember the last time we won. We got beat by Bolton, I think two uh, nil one year. We got beat by Sunderland when they came up one nil away. So no, not it's not a walkover, and you know it's. You're going to uh, you're, you're going to be well up for it, uh, and we should be. But this is a special day for your fans of gone through the mill over the last three or four years and you've got a brilliant fan base i'm a massive fan of the homestyle fanatics i think what they do is brilliant um so i i, I think this uh, for a lot of spurs fans uh, spurs players especially as it's their first game it's a bit, bit of a baptism of a baptism fire for them mm. it's going to be a loud um a loud experience for them and, and a kind yeah. of uh, and they, they're gonna they're gonna have to uh, you know acclimatize and and, and very quickly um, so I, I, I don't know to be honest to answer your question about the Palace squad I don't know a great deal I'm not going to profess to know I don't really watch much other football other than the Spurs I've got to be honest but um, you know there's there's a couple of um, one of your fellas I was listening earlier was talking about Dobby and he seems to be having a good uh, pre-season certainly has yeah yeah. Um, obviously we've um, I'm, I'm very aware that Joe wants to ask you a quick question I'm going to let him do that first and then I'll come back to myself Joe no, it was just about about the whole fanatics, the Homesdale fanatics, Flav. I mean, have you had you heard about them before we went up? I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean what they've done for our club. I mean, love them or, or loathe them. You know, there's a there are people that don't like them. They don't like what they do. But there are a lot of people that have appreciated the huge amount of work that they've done in in getting an atmosphere back at Sellerst. And if you if you come to the game, you'll you'll realise what it's all about. Now, some people think it's Mickey Mouse here, ultras, but they're not ag. You know, they're not after going out having a tear up with people. What they are is just they're fanatical about our club and creating this atmosphere. Um, I mean, so uh, what? Have you have you heard about of the Spurs fans? Are they are they talking? Have you heard anybody talking about about the HF at all? I've been aware of uh, Homesdale fanatics for about four years. Um, we the Fighting Cocks set up something called the 1882 movement, which was about sorting out the atmosphere at Spurs, uh, pretty much based on what you guys did, what's happening down there, um, which is buying up a block of the stadium that doesn't typically sell against lower-key games and going there and singing for 90 minutes in the same fashion as HF. So I'm a massive, massive fan. I'm well that, behind it. That, is, that was really, really good to hear that. that, that and they'll be pleased to know... That, that, that they've inspired a club. We've got fans of a premiership club to do that because absolutely they've, they've come a long way, you know, from being yeah. slaughtered by everybody. I know. To now being, well, we do that because the, the you know, because 
they do it at Palace, and it sounds good. Yeah, well, look, I mean, all I would say, and I'm sure they're, they're, they're thick-skinned, they've been going since 2005, if I'm right, so they, you know, they're going to be thick-skinned enough to, to, um, to just, you know, ignore the, or turn the cheek on ridiculous, and, and, and I think a lot of it's based out of jealousy. I mean, some people yeah. obviously are, are worried about, you know, the phantom hooligan element to fanatical supporters, mm. but... You know, a lot of it, from especially from other clubs, and I know you get a lot of stick from Brighton for for it, but it's jealousy, mate. And and and, and no, that's Brighton, though. <laughs> Brighton, yeah, <laughs> I know. But it, it, and, and we, to be fair, I mean, we're a fledgling movement. I mean, we've only been doing it for a couple of seasons now, but it's taking off. But the um, we've got a, we've had our fair share of stick. There's Spurs fans that don't like what we do. Um, we've had a, a lot of um, you know people accusing us of making money out of it. It's been ridiculous. Really, but there's so many people that do get behind it and do want to go to football and, and be passionate and be loud and sing songs and and that's what it's about releasing some emotion and, and showing your love for the club and and that's why you can only look at the HF and think that's a fantastic thing and it's an inspiring. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that I'm don't, I don't know if you've been in contact with the lads who, who are directly involved, but I'm, I'm sure they give you plenty of time if you ask them. But they've had um, an awful lot to part with. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. There are. There, there are people not necessarily directly involved in that group. It's interesting you get certain people who associate themselves with the HF who then go out and you know and do the things that they get accused of, if you like, and mm. you know pretty much anything that goes wrong in certain area of the ground, and people immediately blame the HF and things like that. It's it's a very difficult set of circumstances to to sort of manage, and the, the, I think probably that that hopefully they agree with what I'm saying, and that the hardest thing that they have to deal with is is that they have specific police attention simply because of the fact that they are an organised group. Um, You know, there was a a thing that happened last season which I really just had no real time for, and it was that they'd organised a coach to go to an away game, and um, about three or four different, you know, police vans turned up, stopped them before they'd even left, and, you know, people got nicked. Someone got supposedly nicked for carrying a weapon. You had, you know... The fact that they had alcohol on board was illegal. Yeah. The, you know, the coach driver lost his job, blah, 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 blah. And everyone knows that you stop any little minibus on the way to a football match, generally speaking, they're going to have alcohol on board. So it's a real shame. But, I mean, that's the sort of thing you've got to look forward to, I suppose, is what I'm saying. But <laughs> as, as, you get, as you get bigger and you get more and more attention, you'll, um, I'm sure you'll get that yourself. But yeah. like I, say, I know the HF are a very open organisation, and I'm sure if you ever wanted to talk to them about anything that you're... Uh, doing or get any kind of advice from them, I'm sure they'll be there for you if you well, give them a shout. We one of their songs, so I'm not sure how, how happy they will be. <laughs> uh, they won't, probably won't mind too much. You know, imitation is a serious form of flattery and all that. So oh, I'm sure they'll... for Southampton. Sorry? Did we? What? <laughs> what? All right, bloody hell. Um, I, don't know what, I don't know what song you're talking about. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, anyway, so um, let's 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 talk about the game. I mean, we, we've got to try and get some sort of a prediction going on, really. Um, I mean, what, what, it's hard to make a prediction now because we don't really know how the, the squads are even going to finalise. But if you had to pluck a score out of thin air, what would it be? Five-one uh, Spurs. <laughs> hey, <that's laughs> nah, I don't know. I, I reckon it'd be very tight. Um, I, I, I'm hoping for a, I, I, a two-one Spurs win. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm glad you. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you. Yeah, I'm glad you answered because I, I don't think I even can answer my own question. It's a really tough one, isn't it? But um, I have to say, like, 
you know, I, I'm looking at that game with a bit of trepidation. You, you have invested massively in, in your squad over the last few years. And, you know, you've got a manager who really seems to fit your club. That's, that's you know, that's what struck me about um, AVB going there. In the, at Chelsea, he never really seemed to fit in. He looked like an outsider, but kind of from day one. I actually want to ask you about that just before we go. We're going to wrap things up in a minute. But um, when the decision was made was to get, to get rid of Harry and replace him with, with AVB, what were your thoughts on that? My thoughts, I was ecstatic. I was over the moon. But um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I was never a massive fan of Redknapp. Anyway, I mean, he's a good, a relatively decent football manager with a brilliant squad and an emergence of Bale and uh, an amazing midfielder in Modric. He had, a, he had a brilliant squad there. So he did what any decent football manager sh- should, have, should have done with that team. Um, it, it was uh, a massively forward-thinking and, and brave step by Levy. To, to, to get in AVB, especially of what, after what happened at Chelsea. Um, so I was, I was, yeah, I was over the moon, and we've got a, a, a manager who respects the fans, who talks about the club as a unit, as 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 he, as he belongs to it, rather than being employed by it, which what Redknapp behaved like. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with him, and he's done a good job last year. Mm, fantastic to hear. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, Flav, really, really appreciated. Uh, I'm dare say we'll have a chat with you uh, after the game, and um, particularly if it's gone well for us, we'll definitely have a chat with you then. <laughs> no worries, not... I'm happy. Just let me know. I'm happy. We'll to do. On. Indeed. Thank you so much. Cheers, Cheers mate. Flav, thank you. Thanks, Cheers. Bye. Right, all the best. Okay, that was uh, that was Flav from the Fighting Cock podcast. Fantastic uh, to get his insight on the on the game and. Um, you know, just on Spurs in general, really. Thought I really enjoyed that, um, guys. Um, obviously, we're about to end the show, but uh, just some, some thoughts on the season ahead. Mark, um, gut feeling. Um, Will, do you think we're even vaguely ready to start the season? Well, it's always tough when you're the team that goes up via the playoffs because you've always got the least amount of time to prepare for the new season. I think um, we are definitely a couple of players light. Um, I think everybody knows that. You know, Steve Parrish said. So, more or less, uh, at the beginning of the programme. Um, I think that um, the team will develop over the season. But, uh, you know, in this league, you have to get off to a decent start. And that's my only worry, is that is we slip down at the beginning of the season and, uh, and then have to sort of climb up rather than uh, have a good start and, uh, you know, peter out towards the end. I think it's, it's such a tough one to call. I think if we do get buy a couple of uh, players to fill in where we are sort of lacking obviously um, I think I think there are definitely three worse teams than us so um, I, I am although I'm sort of like you there's a bit of intrepidation there um, I'm confident that, that, that we can do a job this time I mean what is it third or fourth time lucky that we stay up well, I, I, having, I don't know. having finished with the most points one season and yeah, then we're, finishing we're really... fourth from bottom yeah. and still going down, surely that's it, luck's yeah. got to change. Yeah. <laughs> mm, but yeah, anyway, we. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, fair, fair point, fair, fair uh, assessment. Uh, Joe, gut feeling. What? What? Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a big gut, isn't it? Um, no, I yeah. think. I think um, listen, fourth from bottom. They haven't changed that four go down this year, have they? No, no, no. Again, that's right. not yet. They might um, give it to sort of Christmas. Yeah, the only year they did it, and we went down. Um, fourth from bottom, I do me honestly. Um, yeah. And prediction for Saturday um, or Sunday, sorry, even four uh, 0 Spurs. 
No, one one. I'm only joking. One one. Right. And uh, and Ben, you know, what, what are your feelings on the season ahead, and what do you think of happening in that Spurs game? It's impossible, isn't it? Every season, you know, we do this, and it's impossible as a Palace fan to predict where you're going to finish because we just do the complete opposite. So, um, as Mark, Mark said, I agree with him. We're probably a, a two or three players short at the moment, but hopefully before the second of September, uh, we'll be able to, to sort that out and get a few new players in. Um, there's lots of rumours going around that. You know that would be brilliant players to get in that would definitely strengthen. And I think Palace being Palace, it'll be tight. You know, it'll be down to the last two or three games, potentially the last five minutes of the last game. So, um, gut feeling, you know, with with my my heart, I think we'll stay up just. But you know, the pundits and everyone else in the whole world disagree. So we'll see. Okay, fair deuce. I've just noticed I said you know quite a lot earlier on. Uh, I don't think I think we're saying it even more than Steve now. Uh, so, um, so any, I, just, I want to reintroduce it for any new listeners. The whole, the whole radio drinking game is to drink a drink every time someone says you know. Um, unfortunately, if you did it in this episode, I think you might die. So try, don't do it for this one. But um, yeah, <clears throat> uh, just just a couple of tweets that I'm picking up on. Like, there's really there's there's plenty we got in, and most of it was commenting on things that we've done. So, not anything specific to say. I did want to pick up on Daniel Farmer's tweet. That says he was talking about Elliot Grandin climbing out of a Fiat 500 before the game and rushing through to the ground rather than meet any fans. And he was disappointed with that. I'm disappointed he was in a Fiat 500, frankly. I think, you know, he's a professional footballer. I think driving a Fiat 500 is completely unacceptable. I'm disappointed um, that he thinks he has to talk to him. I'm just mm. saying. If he was in a rush, said he was in a rush. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, you're right, Joe. You've been a bit moody today. Oh, just saying. What's, I don't get. I don't get. Why, but you're moaning already. We haven't even lost the game yet. That is true. But um, people have been very, very upset about a lot of things in pre-season that were a little bit, you know, hasty in my view. Uh, just one last little thing. Um, we mentioned it earlier. The Sun Dream Team Fantasy Football League. If you're in that, and you want to join our league. The pin is eight zero two zero three nine eight, and the password is Homesdale. Um, other than that, it's just for me to thank everyone who's been on today. Um, and that, that was essentially that was Steve Parrish, that's uh, Terence from RedBlueArmy.co.uk, and Flav from the Fighting Cock podcast. Thank you for them. Um, our next show, our show next week is obviously on the Monday because uh, the game is on the Sunday, and there's no guarantee I'll be even vaguely conscious to do a show in the evening after the game. So put that in your diaries. Monday at eight pm. Um, I'm not sure if we're doing it, but there's a development game against Millwall which we may be doing commentary on. So stay tuned for uh, further updates on that. Uh, check our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL radio or our Twitter account at, at HOL radio. For updates on that, um, next week we'll be reviewing our season opener against Spurs, discussing the performance, um, well, hopefully a glorious three points and sitting pretty top of the table. Uh, we'll discuss the horrors that are in store as we face another away trip to Bristol City. We thought we'd got away from that. I was so happy not to have to go to Ashton Gate and the first thing that happens, League Cup setting round away to Bristol City. Yeah, great. Thanks for that. And we will look ahead to that first away game as we take on Stoke. Um, but thank you to everyone who's listened and thank you to my presenting team and producing team. Cheerio. Wilfred Zahar looking like Palace's most likely creator of something this evening. See the stars of tomorrow, today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace from Sellers Park in the Under-21 Development League. Plays it up the line to Alassane. Alassane now, half-point. 
Live commentary from all home development games, only on Homestyle Radio. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.